powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Brady on a uh, a wonderful Sunday afternoon where we spent a, a, a nice, good uh, a good amount of this afternoon watching an abysmal Jets team lose 4-0 to the New York Islanders. I am joined here today by my good friend Nick uh, of Top Line Media. He's been here, uh, been here before, and uh, yesterday... I was I was having it, you know, I was just hanging out during the day, enjoying my day. And I was thinking that after uh, after, you know, Friday's effort uh, against the Colorado Avalanche, we might need to write a eulogy. And who better to bring in than Nick? Uh, <laughs> welcome to the show, buddy. Um, before I ask you too, too much about the game. I do have to uh, cover a couple of things really quickly. Want to bet? Uh, then get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond and March Madness is on deck. Bet pregame, live and player on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction has has ugh. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. That's sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Or in Ontario, download the app now using the QR code at the bottom of the screen, 19 plus. Of course, please play responsibly. All right, guys. <laughs> we gotta have a chat here. Um, yeah. you know, <laughs> today's game was, uh, as, as self-proclaimed a character game for the Winnipeg, Winnipeg Jets after the, uh, abysmal game, uh, against Colorado, uh, in what we called, or what Rick bonus dubbed the most important game of the season, uh, the Jets laid an egg, lost five, one, you know, awful first period and, uh, didn't get better after that. And then the decision was made. For Saturday to just take the day off, no hard practice, nothing. Uh, Nick, I'm going to start you off here, right there. Um, first of all, what did you think of the the decision to, uh, you know, just let the team have a day off, as well as uh, how do you think that may have affected the start of this game here today? What do you mean by one day off? It's been like three days off in a row here. Holy shit! <laughs> uh, Considering how often, too, they complain about not having practice time and then in the middle of the big slump, you know, take, take the Saturday off. You need it. Clearly, it benefited them today with that, what, one shot from the red line, 25 minutes in effort? Oh. Hey, I enjoy I enjoy long weekends like the best of them, but this has just gone pretty off? fucking ridiculous. Like... Yeah, this is uh, – it's getting to a point where we do kind of need to hit the panic button. And I feel like last game – the fan base already hit the panic button. Uh, everyone was screaming for for Chevy to you know wake up and get on the phones. Obviously, we do get the Nino Nita Rider trade, which you know mm -hmm. gave the fan base a little bit of revitalization yesterday. Uh, I know for myself, I was you know going absolutely manic all day, going crazy, super excited just to see a sign of life from uh, from the GM of the Jets here, and. Uh, and, you know, obviously he couldn't get into the game today. He'll likely be in the game on uh, on Tuesday. We'll talk about the trade a little bit first. I think we first need to dig in just on the game. Um, but boy, oh boy, like what a brutal start to this game. Uh, only one shot in the first period. Uh, what was it? 12 shots against. Uh, and the one shot was one that came from outside the zone. Um, just brutal. You know, I, I, I understand the thought process to being like, you know what? We just need to like give the guys some time to breathe and, 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 you know, maybe, you know, key in themselves and understand that, uh, something's got to give here. Something's got to change. Um, but at the same time, it's like, 
has Rick has Rick Bonus lost the room? Like, like what's going on here? How did we get to this point? After you know, I I still hear other teams constantly saying that you know, uh, or, or fans from other teams constantly saying the Jets are having a great season, this and that. And meanwhile, we're sitting here, and you know, in February, the Jets are the wor- literally the worst team uh, at scoring at five v five. They've got nine goals all month, which has been brutal. Um, Mm -hmm. and then to come out and lay an egg like that, to start the game in a game where, again, I I think there's a lot of respect that's given to the players when you go, Mm -hmm. Hey, this is on you guys. I'm going to give you guys a day off, get yourself right, get ready for the game on Sunday. And then this happens. Like, do we need guys being babysat? Like what's, what's the solution here? It it sure does feel like, uh, Rick bonus kind of did come in and play the, the babysitter role early. And uh, it seems like he's kind of out of answers. Do we see back-to-back years where this core makes a coach resign in the middle of the year? Like, where do you, where do you go from here at this point? And I think that I think the biggest disappointment of all this is Friday was called the biggest game of the year. They didn't show up. Today was considered the oh we need the answer to, today. And if this is the answer the team has, like, where do you go from here? Like. It was great to see Chevy respond and make that trade yesterday, especially, I don't know if you checked out our episode we released yesterday morning, but I was pretty down on where things were trending. <laughs> and then he kind of gave us that little boost, you know, that I will get into the trade in a second, but then they, they come out and that's the thing too. Like the GM answered some of these players ask for help. And this was the reward effort the next day. Like, what do you take from it at this point? Yeah, like I, I have no idea where where you can go from here as the GM. Like, do like do the do the players just think that if they play like garbage, then the GM is going to constant, you know, gonna gonna provide more players? Like, may, like I sat here jokingly being like, well, maybe they're thinking that Chevy's going to go and make another trade after seeing this awful off uh, performance, but you know, alas, here we are. <laughs> um, and and you know, yeah. I I, th- I think we're going to get into, uh, you know. Obviously, the trade that happened. We're gonna talk. Uh, I think my biggest question, which we'll, we'll we'll get to at the end of the show, I think it's the most important one, is does this team deserve to you know to spend to add more? Um, but we're not gonna get there yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I first want to want to still kind of stay on the game a little bit first. Um, I my my main question here, actually, before I get to that one, um, Dave Riddick. Dave Riddick started this game here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a couple not great goals against. Um, ones that you would definitely expect Connor Hellbuck to get. Uh, but of course he didn't make those saves. Uh, what, what was your thought process? Uh, like, how did you feel when you saw that Dave Riddick was going to be in the cage here tonight? Again, in such an important character game for the Jets. Um, you know, where did you stand on that personally? I I was surprised by the Riddick start, especially we saw them kind of hit the panic button last week by running Hellbuck out there for the back to back. And after Friday's game, you'd think this is kind of a spot that felt like a must win. We're going to send Connor Hellebuck out there, the, in my opinion, the best guy in the world. And I was surprised to see Dave Riddick, you know, as strong a year as he's had. We are at a, a very interesting point with what to do with this group. And Connor Hellebuck has been that, that the, the bad streak stopper where he's going to get in there and he could win you a game, mind you. Today, it's impossible to say he would have when you don't score a single single goal, which continues to be the real story. But it did feel pretty deflating seeing a couple of those goals 
on Dave Riddich because I will say as bad as an effort as that was, it was another night I didn't feel that the Jets were that bad defensively. I didn't feel like the Islanders were overly dangerous. And a couple soft goals really kind of turned that on its on its head even more than it already was going, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, as, I'm glad that you pointed out the fact that you cannot win unless you score a goal. Um, yeah. because that's, I think that's where I also land, but it is, uh, you know, I, I saw kind of both sides, uh, take wise on, uh, on Twitter today, you know, people saying that, you know, obviously you can't win if you don't score a goal, but at the same time, when you're, when you when your goalie's letting in some weak goals, it's not very easy to build off of that. And, no. um, you know, for how bad the game was, it seemed like the jets actually started to get some stuff rolling about midway through, I would say, mm-hmm. um, you know, a couple, a couple nice plays by, by Nick Ehlers, a couple, you know, shots, just getting shots on the, on the net, uh, gave the team a bit of a spark to try and get going again. Um, but I, what I'm starting to get frustrated with is, and, and this game, it felt so obvious to me, at least watching, it was obvious to Kevin Sawyer, but the Islanders just had to do one thing in order to stop the Jets, and that was crowd the front of the net. Like, I'm at the point now where I'm looking at this team and, you know, we, we've looking at Rick Bonus and his system, you know, and all that, um, it, it relies heavily on offense being created from the defense. And mm-hmm. it seemed like today, you know, once the Jets actually got some stuff going, uh, in the offensive zone, it was still all being ran through the defense mostly. Mostly, and you know, even when they were starting to get shots on, uh, or at least you know sh- they were trying to get shots on, they were actually had zone time. Uh, the the Islanders were able to block pucks really, really easily. It just seemed like they were able to, uh, you know, get in those lanes, and it didn't seem like they had much of a, a difficult, you know. Uh, it, it didn't seem difficult to stop the Jets. The only thing really that they could get going was shots from the point. Again, you just block that and get it out of the zone and you keep playing, uh, you know, a, a very, you know, uh, relaxed game of just, you know, staying back. And so at this point in the season, you know, we, we, we ha- we've seen such a lack of offense from the Jets. Uh, are the Jets cooked? Like, is, is the playbook out on them? Like, it seems like the only way they can create offense is by getting a shot from the point, the puck goes into the corner, they pass it back mm-hmm. to the to the point, point guy shoots again, it gets blocked, oh, it gets out of the zone. Okay, they break it in, they get in low. What do they do? It goes back to the point. And, you know, obviously we know point shots are the, uh, you know, the the lowest expected goals, you know, locations for shots. Um, is like my Again, my question is, is, have the Jets been completely figured out? Or was it just a bad matchup tonight? Because obviously the Islanders like to play their defensive system really well. But, yeah. you know. I think. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, just, yeah. I'm just finishing off the question. Like, is, well, was, it, uh, yeah. was it just a bad matchup? Or do you think that this is, you know, uh, just a pre-scout that is pretty obvious at this point? I I, I think it's, I think there's a piece missing there, too, in the, in the fact that the, another thing holding back their offense is just, how poorly, especially tonight, I thought was evident was how poorly they lost that transition game, especially through the neutral zone. And if if you're not going to be able to transition the puck, which has been probably the biggest problem from the back end, uh, you're, you're going to have trouble creating even more offense. And at a time when offense is already hard to come from, having to kind of stop up and go play D again is, is just kind of throwing an anchor into all of it. But yeah, you're right. A lot of it does come from the D. We know that's the hardest place on the ice to generate offense from. I don't know if we're I don't know if we've seen the last good stretch out of the Jets offensively. The one thing right now, like obviously the top six 
is on a bit of a cold spell and we knew kind of coming in the bottom six was going to give you next to nothing and that's going to happen but we have seen this top six kind of you know go on hot streaks and i imagine with 20 something games left there's still one of those in them obviously nino and nino Ryder is going to be a big big boost to the offense especially kind of getting the net like you say they've had trouble there he's a big strong guy you know gets the gets to the hard areas likes to shoot the puck too which Outside of like Nick Ehlers taking five, six, seven shots a game, the Jets could really use a volume shooter right now. So I do think you'll see the offense start to come back, but is it going to be enough? Like, you know, Niederreiter is not fixing what we just saw mm-hmm. the last six weeks. He's going to be a nice boost compared to the, the bar is honestly the floor for upgrading the Jets forward group. And he is a, a very nice piece. That was a great trade from Kevin Shoveldayoff. But if, if this team's going to be serious, they need a lot, a lot more than Nino Niederreiter at this point. Absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I guess that kind of feeds into the the Nino talk. Um, you know, obviously the Jets make uh, make the deal for only for only a 2024 mm. second rounder, which, you know, I got to give, you know, hats off to Chevy. That's a that's a great ad for next to nothing. It feels like, uh, especially mm-hmm. considering this season, like that that 2024 pick would help you in 20 what 2029 20, <laughs> like yeah it would be a long time before that's a, a useful piece and at that point you know chevy's not going to be a part of this organization or will he oh uh, he will be <laughs> hey, i don't know i don't know if you saw the news out of nashville but uh dave Foley just uh you know retired after 26 years mark chipman did say he was following the nashville plan so that gives us 14 more years <laughs> of kevin shovel day off i'm just saying i wouldn't write it off Oh, I wouldn't write it off. <laughs> well, let us know in chat here uh, what you guys think. We got a decent amount of people watching tonight. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, give the stream a like. We would really appreciate it. Um, yeah, and let us know what you think about this game and, and where the Jets are in the season right now. Um, again, going back to the game a little bit and also to kind of talk a little bit about the Nino stuff. Um, you know, the first period, again, abysmal. And then we saw a little bit of, of life come back to the Jets in the second period. And what I think was a big piece of that was uh rick bonus ended up switching up the lines uh the start of the game had some you know some lines that we've been seeing a lot recently and they haven't been working uh you had you know like connor and and, uh shifley together with appleton you had nick ehlers dubois and uh and wheeler and then Manline and lowry uh whatever or actually on Fialbi, and then, you know, it doesn't matter. Anyways, not the point. Uh, in the second period, he uh, ended up switching it up, going back to that, um, going back to the Sam Gagne with uh, with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Cal Connor, uh, and then going with uh, Nick Ehlers, Mark Shifley, and uh, Blake Wheeler in the top six there. So my question to you, after seeing, you know, how that, that first period went with those line, that with that lineup, uh, and then, you know, the, the switch to the second period and, and a much more, uh, a lineup that we're a little more used to seeing, you know, when Nino comes in here, what what is your expectation as far as line wise, uh, and you know if your expectation is different than uh, what you want, uh, what would you where would you see him best fitting in on the team? I guess the easy thought would be that he would replace Sam Gagne in the current configuration and kind of join that PLD and uh, Kyle Connor group. But I think I really like the fit better with a Mark Shifley and Nick Ehlers. Um, just as far as, you know, you're going to want Nino kind of getting to that net front. And, you know, PLD does a pretty good job of that when he's going on that other group. 
So that's kind of what I'd be looking at and maybe having Wheeler bounce up to the right side of Connor and PLD. But I just think looking at where it went today, the first guess would probably be Nino in that Sam Gagne spot. Well, I don't know. Where are you thinking there? For me, I, I definitely agree. I think that he makes a lot of sense playing with uh, with Shifley. I would say center-wise makes the most sense, in my opinion, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, going with is exactly what you said. You know, PLD is the guy on that line who's willing to, you know, be a little bit dirtier, you know, grindier, getting in the corner, get the pucks. Uh, I don't think that they need a second guy like that. Um, and I think that, you, you know, Mark Shifley kind of needs – a player who's going to work with him. Um, one of the things that I've been very frustrated with the Jets is that it feels like they have too many what I will call waiters. People who wait or players who wait for other players to do the work and get the puck and and get, you know, they just have to sit there and wait uh, with their stick ready in a one-timer position for the puck to come mm-hmm. over them and then the, all they got to do is just shoot the puck. Finishers, maybe you'll call them. I consider them waiters because they don't uh, work for it. And when things aren't, you know, when the momentum isn't in the Jets' favor, Mark Shifley becomes one of the biggest waiters out there. Um, and so I find that, you know, if, if you put guys on his line who kind of push the play, uh, guys mm-hmm. like a Nick Ehlers, guys like Nino Niederreiter, um, I think that that would really work well with him. Um, but at the same time, I do agree with you. I do end up seeing him on, uh, you know, with the Kyle Connor and uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois line, um, which, by the way, Thank God they split up uh, Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley. Those two guys, uh, mm-hmm. if things aren't going their way, oh it's my bad. God, they're tough to watch in the D zone. Both um, of them. Were, I didn't like Kyle Connor tonight at all, to be completely honest. Me too. Between that that effort on that, was, was it the second or third goal? And then there's a couple of just basic passes to the middle of the ice that were picked off. I don't, I, I don't even know what to do with the lines right now because you're not getting anything from anybody right now. Yeah. No, I, like looking I, at it, like I completely agree. It it just it feels like the Jets. It, like it feels like there's nothing working. Nothing is working for the Jets right now, at all. Uh, and no matter how you change things, like th- I think the the biggest reason, excuse me, the the biggest reason why that first period went the way it did is it felt like there was absolutely no chemistry on the ice. Like it just mm-hmm. felt like every single time players were getting the puck, it was just turnover, sloppy pass. And, you know, as much as I, I love Nick Ehlers, uh, tonight I think he had a couple a couple mm-hmm. pretty tough giveaways. There's the one to Shifley where he did the drop pass to an Islanders player. Um, mm-hmm. And and just even, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I, I only bring him up just to, to show that, like, I'm not just picking on the players I am – always going to pick on uh Mm. i think that he you know i think the jets all all around had a pretty poor game um and they really really need to figure it out pretty Uh, poor week never mind game month geez like the jets have six weeks now the jets haven't played a good game since since january 13th when they played the penguins Mm. and i remember sitting here uh on doing game over with uh with kishore uh that night and we were just sitting here gleaming just you know smiling Mm. uh, ear to ear uh, thinking that this Jets team was, you know, going to go far. They're going to add big at the deadline. Um, and now here we are, you know, uh, of course, Nino Niederreiter is a great ad, but uh, looking at this Jets team, they need more. And, you know, we'll we'll see what Nino can really do to change this Jets team. Obviously, I don't think that uh, he is the savior of any of any uh, of any sorts. Um, but then mm-hmm. this gets into my big question for the day, which is, does this team deserve to spend 
genuinely good assets at this deadline to try and get a player. Um, you know, I had this this question written down earlier when Timo Meyer was still available, but of course now he is going to be going to uh, the New Jersey Devils. There's mm-hmm. guys like Ivan Barbashev who's going to the Golden Knights. Ryan O'Reilly's already gone to the to the Leafs, so the the market's thinning out. And uh, mm-hmm. if the Jets really want to be a big player in this you know deadline. If there's guys that, or if there's teams that still want to be buyers, you know that prices might be decently high now that uh, there's a lot less available on the market. And so my question to you, Nick, is: If you're in Kevin Dayoff's shoes right now, what yeah. are you doing? Do you think that this team deserves to, uh, you know, get a, a bit of a boat or a, a lifeline given out to them, which kind of feels like what the Nito Niederreiter trade was? Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that they deserve to go out and spend? genuinely good assets guys like uh you know brad lambert guys like Rutger mcgrody their first round pick in this upcoming draft mm-hmm. uh and there's many many prospects philly hainola of course uh lots of stuff that the jets could be spending this deadline um do you think that they one should do you think they will uh and you know what do you see from the jets in this next upcoming week well i think the first question is if they don't go all in and buy does Kevin Sheveldayoff deserved to keep a job coming out of this year. Uh, we're officially in the first wildcard spot. If Seattle wins today, we're going to be a wildcard two going into this deadline. And we all know the stakes on this year. And with the real, the wheels coming off, like there has to be pressure for him to add. No, like I know he's in year one of a fresh three year extension. But at some point, this organization has got to show some, some sort of pressure internally for actual results, especially after last year. Uh, so I fully expect them to buy, especially with the Nino Niederreiter ad yesterday, a week out. Only cost them a second, so they kept all those assets you just mentioned. Uh, and I think the idea of getting that piece of business done early does make it easier to significantly upgrade a roster within the week. But the one thing we kind of keep hearing is they want term, they want term, they want term. Uh, because it looks like they kind of want to extend the window another two or three years. And I don't know right now if this team's worth doing that for, because it's now been nearly 20 games, which is a third of the season, that they've looked like the team we've seen for four years now. It's pretty easy for me to hang my hat on the idea that the first half of the year was you know, a new coach bump, and they're showing us who they really are all over again, and that is a group that is just a bunch of losers at this point. Like, this is your response on home ice, back-to-back, when all these questions are being asked of you. This was the response. Like, I can't put it any other way. We all just watched it twice. And I said yesterday on the podcast we released, at this point, I'd respect Kevin Charles Dayoff if he got ahead of the the Pierre-Luc Dubois situation where we're going to get backed into the Jacob Truba wall. And just trade a PLD this week to any contender. Timo Meyer's off the market. All of a sudden, that's the most attractive trade trade chip. I'm looking forward to seeing what Meyer got to kind of compare. But a big a first line center like him at this time of year, like the Jets aren't going to win a single round right now. The way this is going, no matter how hard Kevin Sheveldayoff swings. So like, I don't know. That's but- kind of what I would be feeling the market out at least at this point. But do you do you think that it's worth like, uh, like, because here's the thing: if if purely do if if Chevy moves PLD in the next week, like, 
it's not happening. It's but it I won't think, happen. I I would yeah. be so got so shocked if it happened. Um, but if that were to happen, like that essentially closes the window. Like that closes it unless they're getting a, a comparable player back. I mean, I think the window is as open as Connor Hellebuck is on your team. Here's my question. What is this window for? Is it to win a single playoff round or is it to win a cup? Because if it's a cup, the window's already closed. Let's be honest. This team isn't doing it. I like the, the this men, group is not doing they're, it. They're not doing. You no, know, I, I, I. Here's the thing. I complete. I 100% agree with you because at this point, like they, I know it's it's really dumb. It's really you know as guys who who like to you know pride ourselves on looking further than the intangibles, but these guys are a group of losers. I'm sorry. Like we're at the point where, oh yeah, Mark Shifley's gonna go out and be like a Con Smythe candidate. No, yeah. no goddamn way. The only way that how about the... how about his body language in the third period oh today? If you God. think uh, if you think the fan base is just the group feeling it, go watch Mark Shifley in that third period. He's he's a baby. It's it's really tough having him on our team, and it's it's so tough that we're sitting because like I remember having conversations with you earlier this season where we were talking about Mark Shifley going like, you know, like this is his his like renaissance year. This is his, mm-hmm. like, he had such a good start to the season, uh, but, you know, kind of proving everyone wrong talking about uh, him and, and his his language this offseason and, and the way he was just kind of whiny. You know, the, we look at the past offseasons, the, the way he reacted to the Jake Evans suspension, um, everything. Like, he's had such a resurgent year at the start. And look at where we're at now. Like, this is this is brutal. There is no chance right now of the Winnipeg Jets winning the cup without some sort of seismic change. And I don't see it happening personally. Um, anyway, to, to, to wrap, I don't even know where you go with it. I, neither do I, man. And and here's the thing that, that Chevy has kind of locked himself into like Chevy's made his bed. Like if the Jets don't go for it this year, then what was this entire past two years for? What was the point of trading for Brendan Dillon and, and yeah. Nate Schmidt? What was the point of keeping those guys on the roster this offseason instead of giving, you know, more spots to Vili Hinola? And, you know, if you're big on, if you think that you, if you see potential in Logan Stanley, why weren't they giving him more options? Why have they not mm-hmm. played Dylan Sandberg more? Like the, the Jets could have decided to go in one or two directions. And you know what? I will I I will praise I will give Chevy some credit here because you know we're at the point where the reason why we're so frustrated right now is because the Jets like gave us reason to believe like mm-hmm. and and I give Chevy credit for not you know selling uh Brendan Dillon this offseason for not trading away Nate Schmidt whoever whoever you want to say on the roster and saying you know what I want to give these guys another shot because we saw that this team could actually do something at least earlier on this year um but he's kind of locked himself i don't into know this man i don't know if i agree with that actually i well yes. okay. i mean right now i like i think i think obviously you know what's the word um hindsight's 2020 and like uh, uh recency bias is always important but like at the start of the year the jets were rolling like like i that's that is unfortunately I, a fact. I, I know i know but as a GM, you gotta see that this is an 82 game schedule, and even the the, the staunchest supporters should have seen that the the bottom six was not gonna produce like that all year. 
that's a big reason like someone like myself was arguing that in late November, in December, like just bite the bullet and make a trade because as soon as one injury came up, you're up to Mason Appleton in your top six. Like, I don't know. I should. I feel like it shouldn't have gotten to this level low, but we should have expected some sort of regression that I can't give a GM credit because he got 30-something games out of a roster that we've seen do this collapse in 2018, 2019, that we've seen collapse at bits and pieces during the Canadian division. We saw them completely collapse last year. To, to I, be, I just can't get behind that idea that we should give them credit for that's it. that's fair. I'm I'm more more or less just talking about um the offseason and the fact that he decided that, you know, there there are good pieces here. When you have one of the best goalies in the world, you gotta try and go for it. But, um, but then but then he didn't even bet on those pieces. I, he brought nobody in for the other than Sam Gagne. I no, I I agree. I completely agree. And and I think that he, it was it was a cautious feel out of the season. You know, will will we need to add? And I think that he realized that you know we will need to add, but was hoping to go you know big fish hunting this this trade deadline. Obviously, that didn't happen. Timo Myers now in in uh, in New Jersey. Um, but I'm more just saying I I I think it is it is worth giving credit to him to at least to have not been like uh to just sell everything know, over man. the offseason. But but I do agree with you. I completely agree with you that there should have been a trade much earlier in the season. He should have realized, okay, I we do have something here, something you know, the season started off well, but I agree, you know, that he should have realized that, you know, the the bottom six was playing above their heads. Um but also at the same time, like how can you foresee Adam Lowry going 33 games without a goal. How can you foresee all that? And don't get me wrong. I completely, I, I want to be clear. I completely agree with you. He should have made a move earlier. And now we're at the point where he has locked himself into this cage of you kind of have to go for it. But at the same time, like what is he, is he, is he, is he going to like, do you picture right. him adding? I will say this, Adam Lowry was pacing 50-something points and he's never hit 30 in his life. So I feel like feel like we should have seen a pretty drastic step back from him. But that Fair 33 enough. games 33 games is pretty crazy, especially for someone that got, got power play time for most of that. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, I don't see, I don't think he's actually stuck in this cage because I think the, the Nino Niederreiter trade was cheap enough and long enough out where if if they lost even like the next couple of games and he wanted to sell, I think he could reasonably do it because of that extra year on Nino Niederreiter. Like I thought he was going to cost a second and a, like a B prospect when I saw the trade. Mm-hmm. So I think like you're you're enough ahead and didn't give up enough that I don't think you're pot committed yet. If you really wanted to tap the brakes, but I fully expect that you got to hope and expect if you're a fan of this team that's watched through this process that they are going to finally go all in and try to compete because it's been four years now of this group that they've bet on and we've been told is so much better than they've shown to be. Like Even the group itself has carried themselves like they've done something for so long. Man, there's, there's people watching this team that don't even remember the Western Conference Final it was so long ago. I, it, it might be time just to hit that, blow, uh, that button, man. I... I think I don't know if it is just now because I think that you can hit that blow it up button in the off season if things don't work out. And I you know, at this point now, I feel like you got to do something. You you have to try. Like 
at this point, you have to do something. You have to add more. It, it's going to suck. It's going to suck. It's going to cost you some some good picks, some good prospects. But hey, at this okay. point... I, I, I could get behind it if, oh, it's, I, if it's a big move. Like, I, let's see it, but... I do too. And we're getting a little bit low on time here. Unfortunately, I did yep. not upgrade to Zoom Pro to let us go long tonight. <laughs> but um, Probably well, a good thing. <laughs> for sure. So we don't just go over and over saying that the Jets suck. Um, but at this point right now, I, you know, I look to you and I ask, uh, you know, if there is more, you know, to add, who who are you looking at? Like, what is what is the trade that moves the needle now that Timo Meyer is off the off the uh excuse me, off the market. Like, who do you look to, to, to be the, you know, the, the guy who we should be targeting at this point? Is there anyone in particular that stands out to you? Yeah, I, I do like the Nick Schmaltz route. He was a guy like we kind of did a trade deadline preview a few weeks back. And he was someone I was wondering if Arizona would want to move off of due to his money. And I do think a top six forward would go a long way to pushing even more of that depth out. Like Nino Niederreiter and a Nick Schmaltz compared to some of these bottom-of-the-roster guys, is a pretty significant upgrade in season. There's talks that a ghost might be added to a deal like that. Maybe you look at... I, I think you just need to get as many forwards in here as possible. So maybe you're looking at trying to get a rental like Nick Ritchie or Nick Bukestad on top of a Nick Schmaltz. Uh, yeah, I just would like to bring in as many forwards at this point. You yeah. know, defensively, outside of the struggles of uh, Neil Pionk, they've been a pretty strong defensive team. They do have Connor Halibuck. They just need to find ways to, to score yeah. way more goals. Like we're looking at a stretch here where they have they're scoring under two goals a game for six or seven games here. Just bring as many forwards in as possible. They have they have nine goals this month. They have nine five v five goals this month. Like it's abysmal. Um, I like one I, of my buddies texted me asking if we could bring in five new forwards in the next week. Like that's where people are at here, and they're not wrong. Like we. We have so many AHL guys basically at the bottom of this lineup. Go find a, a deal somewhere that brings you two or three guys. Like, I don't know. I, that's the only kind of pathway I can see here. I I completely agree, and I think Nick Schmaltz is is a good uh, is a good one to look at. I would also look at maybe Adam Henrique would be maybe a, de- a decent mm-hmm. you know third line guy to add. Um, but at this point, you know, I I a hundred percent agree with you regarding the forwards. Um, I, I, there's no reason to add anyone on D unless they're like an actual move the needle guy, like a Jacob Chikrin. Um, you know, I want no part of John Klingberg. Uh, he's, you know, Pionk to the extreme, I would say. Um, but uh, I, I might try him there. I might try him there. Who knows? I mean, and at, you know, bad results on a bad team defensively. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I'm it's not. I don't blame him, you know, <laughs> Yeah. but, uh, but yeah. And so with, you know, with, we got two minutes left here before zoom kicks you off. Uh, my one question to you is uh, the, the, the jets had had, there was an article that came out that the jets did have interest in Timo Meyer, but ended up not going through with it due to the fact that he was uh, you know, he wouldn't have signed an extension with the jets. If that was the case, uh, would you still have gone through with it just for a playoff rental? And obviously you have his rights after. Do you think that that's something that would, you know, with with all the things that are around Winnipeg, with how difficult it is to sign people and this and that, mm-hmm. do you think you would have done that yourself? I, w- I was on the on board with it the, the whole time. Uh, if this was a go-all-in year and you're resetting everything this summer, he fits right into that anyways. Um, it's going to really depend on what the price look like. 
I would get not including a Cole Perfetti in a deal where he wasn't going to sign. That was kind of my, mm-hmm. my line as well. So I would get that, but I, I, I was a believer that, you know, you could trade assets now and still recoup most of that back. If you're looking at a one year run here for sure. Alrighty. This has been a great show, Nick. I'm likely going to lose you. So thank you so much for joining us here today. Um, but thanks yeah, for th- having me, buddy. thanks for, uh, you know, obviously go check out, uh, Nick on uh, top line media. They've got tons of stuff around the jets and many other teams. Uh, make sure to check them out and, uh, thank you all for tuning in on the stream here. Uh, we had a good, good little showing here again, please like the stream, really appreciate it. Uh, share it with your friends. Uh, follow at SDPN Sports on Twitter. Follow at NHL Chunky. Follow at Nick Lynham, uh, and Top Line Media, of course, too. Uh, check out mine and Liss's uh, podcast at Canty Size. We'll be having a post uh, trade deadline one coming out here, and obviously there will be tons of trade deadline coverage uh, over on Top Line Media. So please go and check that out. Uh, Nick, Nick, I just lost you as I was about to say thank you again. <laughs> Um, but like I said, guys, uh, this was a really fun show. It was a pretty rough game for the Jets. Um, but thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you guys on Tuesday uh, and see what the Nino Nita Rider start uh, to the Winnipeg Jets era is going to be like. Uh, but anyways, thank you all for tuning in. Have yourselves a wonderful Sunday. Uh, and hopefully you guys all have a great week. Uh, once again, thanks. thank you all for tuning in. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's...